Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. In this episode, I get to speak with David Charon, the CEO of Frontfoot Law, a legal operation company alleviating the gaps and shining the light on legal operations. We often do not realize it, but even if we work at a law firm setting, every company has to have a legal operation team and department to deal with the company disputes and lawsuits on their own. So, Why is it that we do not realize or even learn much about legal operations? Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of Season 3, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions, the litigation partner that has your back. Hey, how are you, David? Welcome to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. I cannot wait until the audience hears about your amazing, um, I guess, service. I want to say service to the legal community, and then you can take it from there. But welcome to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. I'm excited to talk about this. So without further ado, and without taking up too much time today, I'm going to just let you take it on right now and kind of introduce yourself to the audience and go from there. Thanks for having me, Etta. It's uh, it's a pleasure to join you. So my name is David Curtin. I'm a lawyer from Melbourne in Victoria, Australia, and I'm the founder and director of a practice called Front Foot Law, which really specialises in three areas. We do legal operations consulting, uh, short-term legal staff, which includes lawyers, paralegals, and legal operations and technology specialists. And uh, the topic that we um, are going to talk about, I think, a bit more, which is the service that you referred to, is Front Foot Academy, which we've just launched a couple of weeks ago, which is the the first on-demand legal operations course that I'm aware of in the world. But I always hesitate to claim that title because I'm sure that the second I do, someone's going to pick up on something that I didn't know about. But uh, look, as far as I know, it's the first time that something like this has been done, and it's really an attempt to provide a really structured, super pragmatic, really practical course, which is specifically oriented to the needs of uh, legal professionals, be they paralegals or lawyers or legal ops and tech people who are working in an in-house environment. I love it. I love it. And, you know, as we discussed prior to the recording, um, legal operations is like this un, you know, spoken about realm when it comes to the legal industry. Either you've worked in it and you kind of know the ins and outs, or you have no idea what it is. I've never really interacted with it. You've had like more law firm experience versus like legal department and legal ops experience and kind of know it exists. 
and that it's out there, but again, you know, not really sure about what it is. So why don't we start off with that kind of like legal operations, you know, what legal ops is, and then kind of how front foot law really resolves these issues, right? Because obviously, like anything else in this uh, legal industry, there's always issues and there's always problems, but, you know, it's up to people like us to create solutions. So let's go from there. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, it is a very nebulous field um, and there, there's not been uh, a lot of formal training, which is of consistent quality and approach, I would say. And and I think that that does create a lot of confusion. Um, I do find that a lot of really experienced, really capable people, and not even necessarily experienced, people who are just capable but might be earlier on in their career, have all got quite different ideas of what is legal operations. And you know, some people think it's all just technology. Some people think it's got nothing to do with technology. And you know, as a profession, it's well documented that we're not the first to the finish line to adopt new ways of working. So I think there's um, there's a lot of challenges out there, but there's just no doubt whatsoever, in my mind at least, that these principles are absolutely essential if you want to manage in an in-house environment in particular, you know, the challenges that people routinely report and you know, the sort of things that people say to us when we talk to them are that they feel overwhelmed with work, then they're not too sure about what sort of things they should be prioritizing and focusing on. They report feeling like they never get through the work, that they have challenges with their uh, clients and they feel like there's misalignment with the clients. And, and actually there's, there's, a, there's a real issue uh, within the in-house community that people often feel undervalued and they, it, despite the fact that they generally work extremely hard and they're by and large very capable people who are very committed to their jobs, there's often there's this mismatch between them and their clients, which can unfortunately create this divide, which which is really quite taxing on people personally and, and professionally. And it, it hurts the organizations that they are working really hard to serve. And, and they're often pedaling so hard on this treadmill that they're just not getting the traction and not getting to the destinations that perhaps other functions with more established and aligned ways of working uh, are able to do repeatedly and more successfully. No, I know. And I think that's an issue across the board, right? So inefficiencies, um, proper training, you know, it, it's all kind of the same problems throughout the legal industry, but in particular with operations, the heartbeat of the legal industry, right? So we all have, even though we work at law firms, there's always going to be that in-house counsel. There's always going to be an administrative portion, which quote unquote, is the legal operations of that law firm. A lot of people don't see it that way though, right? A lot of people, when they think about legal operations, they think about legal departments in big corporations, or they think about in-house counsel as a representative of a company, but they don't know or understand sometimes that the in-house counsel is sometimes of a law firm, right? Because law firms are companies as well. So really having that full circle moment and that dynamic, um, a lot of people don't really view it that way. But we all go through the same, you know, it's whether you're in law firms or whether you're in a, a corporation working at a legal department, whether you are working for an in-house counsel that offers their services, you know, for multiple clients, regardless of what type of business they run. Um, there's always these inefficiencies, time management, um, all these little issues here and there. So let's talk about front foot law and kind of how that goes with these issues that we just laid out for everyone. Yeah, I think, well, as far as our approach goes, and, and I, I maybe just to pick up on your point, I think um, 
it's a really good way to characterize legal operations that, that sometimes people think that legal operations are this thing that's separate to the legal function, um, but it's just the operations of the function. And so it's not really a choice of whether or not you do legal operations. You have, if you have a legal function, be it in a law firm or be it in a, in a corporate or government, wherever, you have legal operations and it's just really a question of the settings that you choose to apply to that function. So everyone's doing legal operations, they're just doing it in different ways. And to your question, how do we approach that? We are um, really uh, a bit obsessed with being clear on the problem that we're trying to solve. I, I often find that when I talk to clients, there is a, um, you know, and lawyers are inherently geared towards needing to have an answer quickly. There's this expectation that people will be able to provide and, and paralegals and legal support people, you know, not just the lawyers themselves. Everyone's expected to be really responsive and to, um, you know, have answers straight away and so there's this sort of tendency to go straight to a solutions mode which is appropriate in certain circumstances but if you're trying to unpick complex problems as you will well appreciate uh, you need to be a bit analytical and collect some information and that so for us often a first engagement with a client is to say okay well let's take the temperature of what's happening at the moment by collecting some information in the form of some interviews, uh, review the available data, which is often limited because the you know, there's not great data capture and reporting system typically in place. And trying to quickly triage and prioritize the problems uh, by reference to things like how often they're happening, um, who they're impacting, the types of impacts and um, identifying where there are gaps between lawyer legal teams and their and their clients. And so that will usually uh, allow us to quickly come up with uh, a hit list, a bit of a roadmap of things that we should address. And from there, just to take, okay, well, you know, we try to keep it manageable against the BAU. That's the big challenge that everyone's got. To, you know, not, not many people have got the ability to just take themselves off the tools and cease all revenue generating activity or business serving activities. So they need to keep working on the BAU, but they also need to make change. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to change. And so there's uh, there's that. So yeah, then from there, we would typically prioritize those sorts of projects with them and, uh, and really just set about uh, solving those problems in a way that reflects the available resourcing that we bring and that the, the clients have got available to them. Right. And, and like anything else, I, I feel like nothing is a one size fits all, right? Some people think that we've created something and it's going to morph into everything, right? Um, we can only, like I was just listening today in on a presentation and, and the speaker said something that really hit home with me was we can prevent or we can um, prepare, right? As much as possible to prevent certain things and guess kind of what's going to happen given our experience and this and that and obviously everything is a test and go touch and go kind of deal but there's always going to be those surprises there's always going to be these little one-off situations there's always going to be that one what we love to call the exception right that one exception to the rule and that's why in law we always say it depends right there's never a real yes or no answer to um, most of the questions and so um, tell me how you guys deal with that, with like exceptions and these one-off rarities, right? Because they're not, they're not very common, right? Oh, hopefully, um, hopefully we've exhausted almost everything where it doesn't become common, but how, really walk me through the process of how that kind of, um, I guess, would pan out. So when you're talking about exceptions, just to clarify, would you mind just 
Would you mind clarifying that question for me? Oh, yeah. So like as far as legal operations in general, not about the actual software or the program that you guys are offering, but in legal operations in general, we can set up tools and we can have all these wonderful technologies, but there's always going to be those exceptions to the rules. So how do you think would be the best way to really execute those exceptions and, and really take on those rarities, right? Because again, it's not a law firm but it kind of is a law firm, but not really, but the client might be a law firm, you know, like we have all these little different dynamics. So it's a little different than how we would handle it typically at a law firm setting in general, right. Versus the legal ops kind of deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I think, you know, every, every request that comes into a a legal function needs to be uh, assessed and, prioritized and, and triaged and then allocated through the right set of hands. And so you're right, there's always going to be some incoming support requests that are more repeatable and more routine and, and they may be automated, for example, they may be the sort of thing that's being dealt with through technology. Uh, but often one of the challenges for a legal team is to clarify what the question is that the, uh, the legal team is being asked to respond to and, and even identify if that's the right question because the client will often say something like, I want to do X, and then the legal team member might say, okay, but why exactly do you want to do that? What, what What's going on there? And so I kind of feel like it's actually a case of uh, there's, there's always exceptions that are of just different magnitudes, and you just have to work out, the, equip people with the right principles, both on the client side and on the legal team side, to help them to make those assessments to firstly work out, are we being asked the right question? Um, do we need more information to clarify what's actually going on here and that, and then to help them to formulate the right question that needs to be asked and answered and then to uh, essentially allocate that question into the right set of hands and the right workflow or process or person to, to progress that question. So, yeah, I think um, particularly with my experience, which has been in for, for most of my career in-house, I feel like it was more exceptions than, than consistency, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> Uh, and just a question of making sure that you're getting through those. And then hopefully uh, over time, you start to develop more robust ways of of working. So better quality processes, better tools, better guidelines, better use of technology, better information um, reporting and, and analysis to help you to continually improve and refine the, the efficiency and, and the accuracy and the effectiveness of, of your way of dealing with those support requests. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I never thought about it that way because you you brought up a good point. I mean, that really is the legal operations job, right? Is to kind of review those exceptions or those one-offs or like, okay, we don't have a, a resolution for this right now. So how are we really going to handle it? But I like your take on how you said, well, get them to write, to ask the right questions and then we can get to the, the solutions necessary. So I, I really do like how you tied all that in. And I didn't think about it that way because I guess I look at it as the whole pyramid, right? So I like that. That's really interesting. So obviously you are a lawyer, right? We already went through that. But um, what actually, I'm curious, because I always like to ask this to my guests, but like what actually made you go into law school, become a lawyer and do all these things? And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm going to go to legal tech. I'm just going to create all this stuff because all these issues that were happening while I was practicing happened. And well, couldn't find a solution. So I made a solution on my own. It's a good question. Um, look, I'm probably someone who felt a little bit um, fr- 
frustrated with the, the, the legal work after a while. You know, I was working in firms for five years and I was in-house for 13 years. And it was at the later stages of my in-house career in particular when I was leading a legal function and I was also uh, leading a regulatory compliance function that I was experiencing really the pointy end of a lot of a, a lot of these problems. There was issues with regulators and there was issues with teams who were misaligned and there was all sorts of challenges, which at that point of my career, I was trying to solve without then knowing that they were legal operations problems that we would sort of classically formulate as those problems now. And so for me, as someone who maybe was feeling like there was, um, I've always loved problem solving and I've always loved the, uh, the feeling of making things better. And uh, for me, legal operations, I, I got involved in uh, when Clock Australia first came out, sorry, Clock first came to Australia, the the first embodiment of that was really GCs sitting around a table talking really openly about problems that they were grappling with and the things that they tried and what was working and what wasn't working. And for me, that was a, a bit of a watershed moment in a career where you were feeling like uh, there must be something more here. And and it just really resonated with my way of thinking. And I found that inherently more appealing and satisfying, I guess. And so for me, then getting involved in Lean Six Sigma um, training to improve uh, processes and then just really having lots of really interesting conversations. You know, I mean, the fact that we're talking today is another good example of meeting great people from all over the world who are bringing their own experience and their own perspective to challenges that are ubiquitous, whether you're sitting in Florida or Melbourne or Europe or South America, you've got people all over the world who are wrestling with these problems. And, you know, for me, it's a human element of people who are just needing help and uh, and that they just really need a bit of assistance and guidance to try to be so much more effective and, and happy in their, in their working life. And to have, when you see it work well and you see, clients saying, we just love what you've done here. This has been amazing. This process just killed us beforehand. And now we're, we're doing it so much more effectively. Everyone's happy. Everyone understands each other's role. And we're working really well as a team. That, for me, is a really rewarding uh, experience, which I would contrast with, for me, cranking the handle on just getting through another contract and starting to, be, to wear a bit thin, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I just always like to ask that question because there's always this one moment or this one thing that really like triggers your either pivot or kind of your burnout moment, right? Where you're just like, I'm kind of over this and I really want to do something else or I want to do something more with my law degree. Um, but I love it. It's interesting because I'm seeing this trend more and more now, especially after the pandemic, which is kind of like, I'm like, okay, so was it really the pandemic or was this something really that was interesting before and then maybe now it's like more feasible right because there's more tools out there there's more accessibility social media has become kind of the, the forefront of businesses and you know legal ops as well you know uh, I think legal operations has grown as a unit in the legal industry, at least for me anyway, um, through technology, right um, technology tools have been such a great um, asset for legal operations. And like I was telling you before, I, I attended a whole, you know, conference just on legal ops. I actually sat on there, you know, providing the paralegal view, but it was really interesting to hear, you know, these attorneys that work in the legal operations, these um, consultants, advisors, all these different types of 
I guess, pieces to the puzzle that you don't really think about when you think about legal ops, right? Like, again, it's this like kind of theory for everybody. It's not really like an execution um, of some sort. But I, I really love what you did and, and kind of pivoted into a way where you're like, I can kind of still use my skills as an attorney, but I really want to focus on, you know, actually improving instead of complaining all the time. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we get caught up in the complaint, right? <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. And there's, yeah, for me, I really reflect on the fact that there's a lot of people out there who are uh, unfortunately unhappy in their work. That a lot of people really feel like their work is on top of them. And, you know, it, it, there are obviously much better ways of doing these things. And it's just a question of, of educating people and supporting them to, to adopt those those things. And I think part of the challenge is to carve out space for people who are so busy to make it accessible. And that's one of the reasons that the Front Foot Academy emerged was to make it uh, accessible and on demand and the sort of thing that you can do around the edges of your work without having to take huge amounts of time away from, from your day job. You, you can do little bite-sized chunks and work your way through it and and it's super practical and super pragmatic and it's really all about you know how do you uh, what is this thing how is it relevant to my work how do i do it and, and what are the key things that i should be aware of and so just acknowledging okay these these people are all really busy and you know there's there's no getting away from that so how can we best build a bridge here and, and at least get people aware and familiar with and, and curious and wanting to then um yeah i guess understand and be better place to choose the things that are going to be most meaningful and useful to them. Yeah, I mean, I sit on multiple, you know, advisory boards for legal studies here in Florida and in California. And so, you know, we don't, there is no curriculum on legal operations. Like there is just like legal research, legal writing, you know, the typical laws of, you know, contract law and, and business law and family law. And, and you have all these different types of courses, but there's not a course that teaches you about legal operations and what it is and what is the theory and that it derives from everything else that you're going to, you know, join in the legal industry. So it's really interesting how this concept is not even introduced in our legal studies programs, you know, because we do have a lot of professionals that have done their undergrads, that have done legal studies programs, that have gone to law school and still do not get prepared or the proper knowledge um, to work in such institutions. So it's really nice to have that option, right? Um, unfortunately, we have to be advocates of our own selves at this point, and we have to search and look and find Um these types of programs, but, um, you know, that's what these platforms are for, right? To kind of promote that and let people know that, hey, you can be your own advocate. There are other options out there. There are other opportunities and it it's not limited to your continuing education credits or your, you know, anything else that you need in order to sustain your licensing or your career. So I love that you offered that as well um, to other people, you know, to because so I, I found anyway, because I've created a couple of courses on my own. I found that some of the purchasers, some of the people that actually purchase my courses, um, they're not even legal professionals. They're just downloading it to learn about that particular topic. Um, it interested them and they just want to learn more about it. They may be looking into, you know, going into uh, the legal industry, but you know, most of them, like I had this, he was a business analyst and he downloaded my, or purchased my, um, 
my management, my legal management uh, program. And that's what it talked about, right? It talked about time management, caseload management. It talked about mind management. And that's really what it went through. And he's like, you have no idea what this course did for my actual business. Like I, I can now, you know, take this on and, and take it to other businesses and really replicate this. And, you know, you don't think about that, right? You don't think about when you create something. So what we feel is niche, right? Very specific to the industry, we don't realize that other industries also can benefit from our products and our services. Um, yeah, that's great. So, that's great. Fantastic. We obviously did a good job with it. If uh, if it's so accessible to people who don't have that niche experience, absolutely. You know, I uh, as a paralegal, and I think I've said this before in the podcast, and I'll kind of repeat myself, but really briefly, um, as a paralegal, we're we're trained to filter right from the attorney legalese jargon to give it to the client, right? The client's not going to understand, you know, the strategy and everything that the attorney is feeding us. So we have to be that natural filter and be like, okay, so this is what he really means. <laughs> like, this is what they actually mean. And this is what, what's really going to happen. So I think in during that time doing this for so long, I realized that that is a skill in, of, in and of itself, right? That a lot of people are, you know, so used to speaking a certain way that they don't realize that they can kind of, you know, um, transform that language to where other people can understand as well. And I think that's been very beneficial on all avenues. So I love it. I love your, I love your product. I love that you took the time to be on our Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. And I thank you for that because I know it's very valuable. Um, and so I look forward to seeing what else you have in mind because I know you're not going to stop here. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some spinoffs and some other creations that you're probably already thinking about um, and mapping out. So, you know, as a creator myself, I'm always, you know, have multiple things going on. So I'm pretty sure you are not any different than that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you, I'm always uh, trying to find new ways of uh, solving problems and, and new things that uh, you could do to, to support that. So I look forward to seeing what you come up with. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to uh, to chat and and hear about you know, your journey too. So thanks for uh, thanks for having me today, Ada. Awesome. All right, guys, that's it for today. Until justice is served, we'll be here. Bye. decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Eda Rosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Eda Rosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Ada Rosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Ada Rosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day -day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting-edge legal education with Ederosa LLC.
Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.